The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Jackson County Commissioner Colleen Roberts joining me in studio. You can see her on the Facebook Live. Colleen, we appreciate you being on. Welcome back. Huh? Good morning. It's good to be here. All right. You just got back from uh, Washington, D.C. and might have some decent news here when it comes to possibly getting some more sensible wildfire policy around here in southwest Oregon, and maybe even nationwide. Possibility, at least, right? Well, it is. I continue with the National Association of Counties to keep our resolution that we've had uh, with the Public Lands Committee back there since 2019. Yeah, you've been uh, working this a few years. I have. I mean, very patient. Persistent. Yeah, and persistent. So yeah. Um, it, just to keep in front of the agency's um, purview that we're still – uh, the success we've had in Jackson County with it, that we, the success, we still have uh, the policy unanimously supported by uh, Nationwide. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it hasn't been, uh, the, that policy, the 1995 wildland fire policy has not been amended yet. And uh, so in my meetings that I attend, I, um, I have everything on a little QR code, and so I give it to all of our resolutions locally and at the national level, and that policy with our recommended small, I said, I'm going to start calling it a friendly amendment instead of a a policy amendment. It's just a small little parameter change to to just add, um, so so prescribed fire cannot just be done without any, um, without any you know, stop to it at any time, nothing with no, uh, there's no, no parameters around it. Yeah. Well, why why don't we just go back to the beginning where the problem came from this 1995 wildfire, uh, recovery plan, or what's it called? The, um, the wildfire, forget exactly what the, uh, the document is. It's fed. The 1995 federal wildland fire policy. That's it. It's almost 30 years old. Maybe at a time when our forests were better managed, um, it's about the time when we quit managing and the spotted owl was uh, endangered species and logging quit. And, but everything changed about then. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, essentially what was happening back then, though, is that the plan was put in place that you could do uh, you could take a um, let's say lightning strikes in the middle of summertime. Right. All right. Lightning strikes in some forest. There's a burn plan on every square inch of these federal lands, a burn plan. And a burn plan to take, uh, as an example, if a lightning strike happens, and then you can use that as the excuse to let it burn for... Management. Yeah, for managing the land. You Mm -hmm. know, well, we're thinking that this land should be burnt, so that way that, uh, all right, we're clearing out the underbrush and all the rest of the stuff, so we're not going to really do much. And then you would see this, even how, uh, how fires were fought... In Southwest Oregon, quite often, the lightning strike happens, and then here's the fire over here in this section of Josephine County or in Jackson County, and they would draw a big box about it and essentially let the fire burn within the box drawn by the fire boss or the people that would be involved in this because of this wildland fire policy. Yeah, or let two big fires burn into a mega fire. One mega fire is what yeah. kind of we were seeing. And and so we saw it even a couple of years ago in New Mexico, that 600,000 acre fire was a prescribed fire with the Forest Service. Even the, and it got out of control. Yeah, right? yeah. Even the Forest Service chief at that point, Randy Moore, put a uh, temporary ban on prescribed fire. And so it is being recognized as 
maybe needing some parameters. And so it got their attention. And there was a, there was a committee uh, within the uh, public lands committee that gave a presentation and they gave a, a report to Congress in September with 148 recommendations. And uh, Congressman Benz had the report. I, I had an opportunity to meet with him while I was back there on um, Tuesday morning. And he, I said, is there any way um, our, our friendly amendment can become part of that in, in, because they're going to make legislation something with that, probably in Congressman Westerman's committee. And I said, if there's anything we can do to help make that happen or uh, make a presentation to show the uh, the great uh, success we've had with that and, and the acceptance of the resolution nationwide, um, let me know. And he, he um, kind of, Gave a a look of like hmm. <laughs> so so I so keep, Congressman Benz is going to carry. He's going to carry this thing. Congressman Benz will carry this then. Well, he said he did. Well, he didn't say that, but he thought there was some hope for that. And and I'll Good. keep pushing for. Well, have you have you got any progress on that? <laughs> so so I'm you're relentless going, on it. All right, so you're going to keep going on that. <laughs> yes. The uh, the thing about this, it's not that we're anti-prescribed burn. No, there's a it's, time it's for not it. that. But the thing is, what you cannot do is, uh, in the middle of hot, dry summers, be doing all sorts of prescribed burns and then choking the valley with smoke. And this has been a, and I know some people, of course, the collaborators sometimes sometimes get very upset about this because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'll have a situation. I remember the situation in Jacksonville as an example where we wanted to do a prescribed burn here. Wait a minute. We're in fire season. We don't want to <laughs> and do so. And their words was because it's too wet after that to burn, you know. And so it's convenient for them. But it's dangerous. And we've seen um, the devastation from it. And we've seen the great coordination with uh, Oregon Department of Forestry and the Forest Service in their coordination with mm-hmm. us to to put some parameters around it in Jackson County. So it's well known that in Jackson County, when it's in fire season, that we're not just doing prescribed burns or anything. And that way, and also if we have a lightning strike, we have a lightning strike, it's full suppression. Now, Initial attack. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's full attack. Uh, Jackson County has had uh, pretty good luck with this so far, and it seems to have been very effective. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have smoke because we're getting smoke from everywhere else that's not doing this. That's right. And that's why we need the federal policy helping other counties that maybe haven't done the coordination that we've done. And we keep, I keep urging other counties. That's why I have the presentation with the QR code with the story of the of the success we've had. You can do the same thing and they don't have to replicate I mean, they don't have to make new policies. They can replicate what we've done and just use, uh, just change it to their county and and get the coordination with their federal. Coordinate with the federal land managers Mm -hmm. and they're getting on, they get on board with you about this. Absolutely. Ours has. At least, okay. Mm -hmm. But you have to, uh, you know, go in this direction. The 1995 uh, plan, though, does need change because I think that's probably what you're that you're right, that it was probably with the best of intentions at that time. In those days, we had not had decades of no logging and no uh, land management going on. And so the forests were likely in healthier conditions in those days. And so, all right, you get an occasional lightning strike. You let it burn in the summertime. we'll, We'll let it burn and fill in a few things. But we're now at decades of overgrowth 
and little logging and harvesting going on because, well, even look at Bear Grub. Every time somebody talks about starting a, uh, you know, a timber sale someplace, people absolutely go nuts around here. But that doesn't stop the forest from growing. Well, even taking down the bug infested trees is controversial. I cannot yeah. believe that. Uh, I know. It's <laughs> it's really odd. They would like to try to do that. And, and we take the dams out so that if there is a fire, we only have mud where there used to be a reservoir. I know. Good plan. Good, it's good plan, environmentalist. Good plan. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's uh, right is wrong. What's wrong is right. It's, yeah. it's hard to follow. Yeah, it's the inversion of reality, but that is the uh, state of Oregon. But still, I appreciate you and the Jackson County Board having done this you know, in the past and that you're tr- still working on getting this a national policy on how to deal with uh, lightning strikes and natural ignition and, you know, not using them for land management purposes at any longer at this point in time. And it's the importance of keeping that uh, relationship and that awareness with us, with those agencies at the, at the federal level, mm-hmm. um, refreshed and, Hey, we're still here. They'll, they're still there. Okay. And, uh, we we still want trying to get this accomplished. All so. right, some positive some positive traction is, yeah. what, is what I'm hearing from this one. All right, uh, Josephine Josephine County Jackson County. I was talking with Herman uh, Jackson <laughs> County Commissioner uh, Colleen Roberts in studio with me this morning. Now Jackson County is under the same kind of attacks from mostly the Democratic uh, operatives in uh, Southwest Oregon as Josephine County is. Josephine County has one seventeen dash one sixteen of uh, you know completely blowing out there their county charter and replacing it with a newly written one, five county commissioners, one at large, four districts. You know, it's the same sort of thing. We're going to go nonpartisan. Well, they already are nonpartisan, but uh, they, uh, the wish here from uh, the, the interestingly named Jackson County for all, I think it should be Jackson County for all Democrats is, uh, is what it should be called. And, you know, I'm a partisan guy. I'm going to admit this. I know you're partisan too. And when everybody talks about going nonpartisan, to me, it's about hiding partisanship. And the reason for this is that uh, Democrats have largely had difficulty winning countywide elections in Jackson and Josephine County. Now, in the state legislature, where Republicans don't have control, we're told, well, you need to run better candidates. Well, Jackson County Democrats and Josephine County Democrats are saying, in my opinion here, that, uh, well, we don't want to run better candidates we want to change the rules. <laughs> and and that's what I think is going on here, uh, Commissioner. And I know you're elected and you're in there right now. So you definitely have a dog in the fight there. Sure, well, but still. So I agree with you. I, I have run three elections in Jackson County. And I've had um, three times I've had Democrat opponents. I've had a Democrat opponent. I've had two Democrat opponents that ran as independents. Kind of, in my opinion, um, trying to tell the voters, I'm really, I'm really kind of Jackson County for all. I'm mm-hmm. not partisan like my opponent, you know, and yeah. that is kind of what, what they're trying, what I feel this, uh, the partisan, nonpartisan uh, part of the petition is trying to, to create as well. And, and I have, I don't prefer, like when I vote for judges and you can't tell what is their philosophy? You know, I, I don't know which way they stand in. And really, it does matter. To me, it does matter. Yeah. Um, it's shorthand. Yeah. And and the other part about this, they're acting as if, well, they want to have someone to vote for in the uh, in the primary, that sort of thing. All right. Now, I'm not a fan of uh, government re- elections and primaries, but that's neither here. That's what we have at this point. 
that doesn't stop independents from running for county commission. Any third party can Any run. Any third party or non-party can run mm-hmm. for uh, for county commission in the fall. Just Absolutely. all there is to it. And any third party or, or non-party can vote in mm-hmm. the general election. That is a great system we have um, currently. It's and and truly what what I see in and our um, petitions. I understand are possibly the ballot, the petitions are going to be turned in. I've heard today. Yeah. So it, this isn't on the ballot yet, but. Uh, I've, but I'm figuring, it, I'm figuring it's probably going to be it's signatures. probably going to be it's probably going to be on the ballot though. I think it's so. probably going to be on the ballot, and I do find it it's just a coincidence that the Democratic operatives have it going on in both counties right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Now the way I'm looking at things is just uh, looking at how the Democrats are running the state of Oregon. If the Democrats are wanting this, I don't want it. What they want, because generally what they have wanted for the state of Oregon has not been actually conducive to peace and tranquility and well, uh, besides and that, good it's government. not really based on real um, transparency and truth. And that's what we we had a presentation from our staff about what uh, the impacts would be financially, because what has been presented to the people signing the petitions and what was been quoted in the papers, you're going to get in Jackson County five commissioners for the price of three and quote, no additional expense to taxpayers. And um, that isn't true. And I just it's sad. I wished if the I would have more respect for the integrity of of the petitioners if they would just come out and said, you know, we'd like to see more. Uh, balance of Democrats on the board of commissioners and five would accomplish that vote for well, this. Well, especially five in a district, because what you do is <laughs> that you have a district in a democratic area. That's yeah. what you do. But to, to do portray it. it onto our voters as if, if this is not going to cost another penny because our administrator pointed out that it's going to cost if they get the no cap on the salary, at least 200,000 extra in, in payroll costs. And if the cap doesn't hold based or pass or or doesn't hold up because apparently there's some case law that apparently that's happened, it's going to be at least six to seven hundred thousand to start out. So it's not, it's not saving money. No, it's to, and it's destroying. And, and, and it's really about a takeover, a, a push for a Democratic takeover in Jackson and Josephine County. I can say that because I'm a partisan. I make no bones about this. OK, I understand what's going on. Herman was right when uh, the goal, the number one goal is to take Josephine County and Jackson County and flip them blue, because this is about ultimately wanting to be able to change the state constitution without any Republican votes whatsoever. It's about pushing an agenda here on this. And so it, it just is, it's an unwise thing. Jackson County has a good, in fact, if there was a change I was going to put on the Jack on the Jackson County charter, it would be, uh, making us uh, a body politic rather than agency of the state. We would become like Multnomah County. That's what I would like. They're not doing that. No. Uh, all, they're, all they're wanting to do is uh, take full-timers, replace them with a bunch of backbenchers, and then uh, try to claim that you're going to get uh, you know more democracy out of uh, voting for two of five rather than three of three, which it is right now. And I, I look at a five, five part-time board, and I just think how watered down, and we, in my opinion— how weakened and watered down that would be of of your representation, and um, I just hope the voters. Uh, I I feel the I hope the voters see through the scheme. Empowered and and no, 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 and come voted. on, come on, you're being polite. The voters need to see <laughs> the voters need to see through the scheme and the agenda that is pushing 
these and two vote. counties. All right. <laughs> yeah. And that means they have to uh, to get involved in the fight, you know, yeah. on this particular situation. And I'm going to be putting something in the voters pamphlet. I'm not going to see another stupid thing like Measure 113 that yeah. uh, went out with no no voices in opposition to it in the uh, voters pamphlet. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, assuming we all understood what it was going to do. And, and I guess you cannot make that assumption that mm. people would understand what this would do without a comment in the voters pamphlet. And you have till March 25th, uh, five o'clock to get those comments into the voters pamphlet for the primary. If, yeah. if someone wants to put a comment in now, is that 300 bucks, right? That's what I was told. That's what it has been in the past. I don't know what the cost is this year. So, okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to, have to break open my piggy bank. <laughs> You know, I'm not. I'm I not know a, it's a, it's co- it is expensive. I'm not about to let uh, stupid take over Jackson and Josephine yeah. County. I don't want to see that happen in either county right now. It's a, it's a bad deal for all. There we go. It's a bad deal for all. Should be the uh, <laughs> you know the real nickname on this. But I appreciate uh, that uh, Danny Jordan actually came out there and and pointed out that. No, it's not the reduction. I didn't even think about that. You have three county commissioners right now. Then you have to kind of raise it and build five offices. You have to have five offices instead, five five administrative help. There's all sorts of Ex- things that happen. Extra help. And he even said, like, where we have our televised meeting has to be expanded because when we have our budget meetings, we have three commissioners. We have three budget uh, private citizens. We'd have five. We'd have to have five. So we'd have to expand that for to accommodate that too. And it's, it's, uh, those would be one-time expenses, um, to, to, to build out for that as well. But. Yeah. But still, this is not the main reason to oppose the Jackson County for all proposals in Jackson County. I mean, that's just one of them, but the fact is they weren't telling the truth about this. What else are they not telling the truth about? Yeah. I think you just have to keep it at that. And, and the fact that you are know, petitioners, you look at the chief petitioners, two of them ran for the office, um, a few years ago, yeah, and were failed candidates, and the and well, you never know, yeah, brought it up. Then, oh, you know? they, they they had no problem with three three commissioners back then when they were running. Oh, but now that they failed, you know, to to be elected, now they have a problem with it. Yeah, and it was brought up in our meeting that um, the former county commissioner Dave Gilmore is also chief uh, petitioner on this. He established the pay. Um, system that was created he voted for that and um and that was interesting you know that he's now saying no let's put a cap on it uh-huh sure so <laughs> that was uh we kind of went over everything that what the the new configuration would cost and and it is not going to be free all right <laughs> Could I, uh, next time I have you on, Commissioner, and I would like to get you on sooner rather than later, uh, something I have not talked about is that plan for uh, the new development, the emergency development the expo, at the uh-huh. expo. I don't really understand what's going on out there. Could we book another time and maybe do a deeper dive on that? Is that sure. something we can do? It's kind of, it's pretty new in the planning um, phase. It is with our, I will tell you right now, it's with our ARPA funds that were pretty limited in use. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll bring you what I have. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll book another time with you. We'll get you in, and then uh, we'll talk about the the ARPA funds and what's being planned. Okay? Okay. I like that. All right. Jackson County Commissioner Colleen Roberts, 832 KMED, KCMD. Captain Bill Simpson is standing by, too. We're going to talk with him in just a, a few minutes here. Some breaking news about, oh, imagine that, hiding the pollution in the sediments of uh, of the Klamath. 
hiding it uh, before and, and blowing the dam first and then oh and then they release the studies of uh we'll tell you all about that coming up here at american rancher garage we respect and support those individuals who currently or have previously served this great country and our local communities as a small token of our respect and appreciation for their service we extend our heroes discount to all active or veteran military personnel and to our active or retired first responders there is no way to completely repay your dedication to the protection of our country and communities, but we will do what we can. Hi, this is Megan at Mini Pet Mart. Over the last seven years, Mini Pet Mart and its customers have raised nearly a quarter million dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to further their mission of finding cures for childhood cancer. We're excited again to be the title sponsor of the St. Jude Country Cares for Kids Radiothon on Q100.3 on Thursday and Friday, February 29th and March 1st. Because we know how precious your children and grandchildren are to you because they are to us too. So please stop by any mini pet mart or news and smokes plus M Street Market and the Market in Delhi and Grants Pass and make a donation now through March 1st. We'll put your name on a St. Jude pinup, display it in our store, and match all donations up to $40,000. Mini Pet Mart thanks you for supporting our stores and for supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where no family ever receives a bill for travel, food, lodging, and medical care. With all of our help, they are finding cures and saving children, and they won't stop until no child dies of cancer. Stephen Westfall Roofing, Inc., Southern Oregon's roofing experts, want to serve you. This family-owned and operated team of experts would love to help you feel safe with a long-lasting roof over your head. From estimate to install, you'll be amazed with the workmanship this team provides. New construction, re-roofing, tile, metal, composition, skylights, and tunnels. Westfall makes it happen. Stephen Westfall Roofing, Inc. gets it done. No more leaking, no more squeaking. Safe and secure. That's the Westfall way. Call today, CCB number 230804. This is the Bill Meyer Show on 106.3 KMED and 99.3 KCMD. New York has become a legal banana republic. When a story... There were no victims, no defaults, no damages, no complaints, no nothing. ...takes a dramatic turn. Former presidents are not kings and can be held accountable under the law. You want every twist. The judge said that the frauds committed left off the page. He's got this chaos that surrounds him. Under President Trump, we were just better off. He's going to side with a thug who kills his political opponents. That's why you listen. We're not successful. New York State is gone. To KMED and 99.3 KCMD. It's 835. Grab a couple of calls here. And uh, Captain Bill's going to join me here in just a bit. Was it Dave? Dave, I didn't write your name down. Was it Dave? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Well, I got real mixed feelings about this. When I was listening to Bear Chigger, you know, it took me off a little bit. You know, that, well, the, the people in Jackson County... You know, I need to just need to vote and they need to get off of the sidelines. Well, I, I haven't done that. OK, I'm you know, I vote and and, you know, I haven't been on the sidelines, but I'll be honest with you. I've been very reticent to support um, the Republican Party in Oregon because it's weak and it's completely ineffective. Well, I, I agree with you that the Republican Party in Oregon, as far as the state group, is absolutely weak and feckless at the moment. It is. I mean, I, but on the other hand, our local candidates here. I assure you, uh, the the local candidates here are certainly better than the uh, than the state party as a whole. I would say the national party, you know, too, for that matter. Well, look, I, and again, and I, and I get that. Now, on the other side of that coin, I think there's an incredible amount of not an incredible, but there's a lot of ambivalence in Southern Oregon. I have really, really close friends who are smart, 
conservative people. And I hear them say all the time, it's like, well, you know, that we're, we're, we're immune. You know, we're in the southern part of the state. We're really immune, you know, in a lot of ways. Those people are fools um, if they think that they're immune well, to the Democratic Party and takeover. To, and all you have to do is look. Yeah. I mean, I call it Port, I call it Portland creep and Salem creep. It's here. It's coming here. And, and we can't just assume, you know, that we're going to, we're going to skate you know, through it. So I, I, I do agree with that. The other thing, I think it was mentioned earlier about the effect of Ashland, and I think that's way underplayed here, is that you have these people in Ashland, whoever they are, I don't really care who they are. Okay, but you have this, this radical um, kind of, uh, you know, little group over in Ashland, um, and they've affected everything. They've, they affect media. I think they have a, a more say in all over the county, Medford, everywhere. And I say, I don't know how you actually deal with that other than to just, like, oppose it. And that's all you can do. And but, the, but, but see, remember here, Dave, no is the most powerful word in all of this. And the answer to them right. is no. It's not arguing the fine points of what they're proposing or this and that. It's no. No. That's well, I agree, I agree, Bill. And, and I think that, um, you know, people need to wake up because it, uh, pretty soon— you know, the whole look, they, they, they don't rest. The Democrats and the progressives and these people, they don't rest. And power is is a means. Power is the means to the end. That's all that it is. It doesn't matter what you're going to do with the power as long as you have the power. They cannot be given the power. I appreciate the call, Dave. Thanks for that. Patrick's here, too. Patrick, fire away. Go ahead. Hello, Patrick. Patrick? Oh, you got me. Yeah, Patrick. Oh, okay. They, they changed that. Bill. All right, Bill, hang on. I'll be right with you. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Good morning. It's Monica from Ashland. Yeah, Monica, fire away. Okay, I have two little things. Number one, uh, Ashland, I would swear, is about 85% carpetbaggers anymore. I've, I've seen them move in. I've seen them buy houses. I've seen them get new license plates. And they're everywhere. So there's your Ashland. It's not just a little group. It's a big group. Yep. And I was so proud of Dr. Powell when he said that yesterday because I was waiting for somebody to say what I was thinking. Someone to say the truth about about what we're dealing with. Now it's not all yeah. it's not all progressive or liberal in uh, in Ashland, but it is definitely the majority. There's no doubt it about is that. The majority. You cannot. You you, and this push on uh, the three Jackson County for all and seventeen one sixteen, it's about it's about the invasion. Their invasion. Right. This this is the takedown. This is the final takedown of some uh, state, you know, of uh, of counties that will resist some form of state policy. They just want the counties to be laydowns on everything the state agencies want. That's all they want. People shouldn't just be afraid. They should be very, very afraid. They should be, and they should be angry about it. And very, these people, well, these people need carp. These peoples and their political ideas here in this this upcoming election need carpet bombed out of existence. Go away. All right. Right. That's, you know, number, you number, want Multnomah County, you live in Multnomah County. All right. Right. My second one is uh, Kevin Newsom. He wants a new Welcome to California sign. I have a suggestion. Stick it in talent. <laughs> put it Welcome to Carpetbaggers and and go south with it. All right. Appreciate the call. I'll take one more. I got to get going because Captain Bill's here. Hi, who's this? Good morning. Yeah, Ron Grant's best. Yeah, Ron, go ahead. 
Yeah, real quick. Uh, I'm in favor of keeping the uh, Josephine and Jackson County uh, charters because they have a lot more uh, control and power. But I want to bring up one uh, elephant in the room that's missing in our conversations, and that is the independent and the non-affiliated. Mm-hmm. That's about a third of the vote in the state of Oregon. And in Josephine County and, and Kent Jackson, I'm not sure how much, but I bet it's at least that. So I think that there's some fertile ground that could be um, worked on to gather uh, um, votes that okay. you're not going to get maybe from the Republicans. All right. Good point. Thanks for making it. 20 before 9. Captain Bill next. This is insurance agent A. Hey. He sells for one company only. It's the absolute best. To my right, an exemplary insurance agent, an independent, which means... I can help you research multiple insurance plans, giving you a much better look at who actually has the better coverage. Well, that's not fair. (laughs) That's not what our customers say. Well, I can't compete with that. Home, auto, health, life. Sky Park Insurance is your local independent agency that shops for the best coverage for less. Steve makes insurance easy. This hour of the Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. Go see Johnson Builders at the Sportsman's and Outdoor Recreation Show this weekend at the Jackson County Expo and get low show pricing for any building you need. From a small shop to a riding arena, residential or commercial, Johnson Builders has been the leading authority on post and frame construction in the region for over 20 years. Explore the possibilities at the Sportsman's and Outdoor Recreation show this Friday through Sunday at the Jackson County Expo. Visit Johnson.Builders. Johnson Builders, building for your future. Rise and shine with the ultimate breakfast experience from Artisan Bakery Cafe. You'll be wowed once again with this limited-time veggie breakfast bagel sandwich, a fresh-baked toasted bagel layered with cream cheese, egg, cheddar cheese, onions, pepperoncini, and fresh tomato, a breakfast sensation sure to give your day a jump start. Wait, there's more. Bacon breakfast bagel sandwich also available for a limited time. Order online at DoorDash or visit 1325 Center Drive across from South Fred Meyer. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. What does a salmon say when it hits a wall? Damn. (laughs) By the way, we thank Brian from the sales department for that dad joke of the day. uh, Sponsored by Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way off Sage Road in Medford. And if you have a better dad joke than what Brian had, just uh, go to Two Dogs Fab. TwoDogsFab.com. Submit it, okay? They'll transform your truck and trailer into the ultimate work rig, making your job easier, more organized. And you're looking sharp when you roll up on the job site. TwoDogsFab.com. And it's off Brian Way, off Sage Road in Medford, okay? Dad uh, joke of the day. But it's no joke, though, about uh, the salmon and the dam. Isn't that right, Captain Bill? Welcome back to the show. Captain William E. Simpson on Siskiyou.News. His latest piece today, Dam Deception. What's it all about here, Captain Bill? Go ahead. Good morning, Bill. Um, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what's happening is we have a a glimmer of hope here if we do the right thing. the, uh, for the audience to kind of catch up to where we are right now, um, the plan was uh, originally back in the day was to um, <clears throat> dredge out the sediments, dewater the dam, and then remove the dam. Right. But when they found out the sediment to remove the sediment, <clears throat> excuse me, dredging, it was four hundred million. So you know that kind of went by the board, and so then KRC stepped in ten years or fifteen years later and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to let the dams down. We're going to dewater the dams real slowly, you know, over the course of a few weeks. And then we're going to um, tear out the dams. And then we're going to, um, you know, deal with the sediment. But what, what ended up happening is they got somebody gave them the bright idea that if they, you know, just let a huge torrent of water go through, just pull the plugs and let everything come out real fast. And that's what they did. Instead of taking weeks that was on their written plan to everybody, they dewatered the dams in a matter of just a few days. And, and of course, they were hoping that all the sediment in the bottom of the lake would disappear because that sediment is a big problem. And, and it didn't. It, uh, and there's been a lot of misrepresentations from my chair. You know, I've, I've looked at this for a decade now, and the Army Corps of Engineers said there was 20 to 60 million metric yards of sediment. Um, Mark Ransom got up in front of the uh, Siskiyou County board meeting in Copco on February 13th, and he said, well, he thinks, and they're saying there's 17 to 20 million, so they're calling the Army Corps. Uh, they don't know what they're talking about. They say there's 17 to 20 million, and they think they, when they blew blew the dams and and let everything come rushing through in just a few days instead of slowly, they think that they washed down five to seven million metric yards or cubic yards of sediment in that action. But lo and behold, the empirical uh, result is when you come up here and you look. Anybody that's been around a lot of dirt before, you look at the sediment remaining in Copco and Arangate Lake. So you can see. It's certainly way more than 20 or 30 million cubic yards. There's a lot of sediment. And the problem with this sediment is it's, it's clay. It's a microcrystalline material, so it's much smaller than silt. That's one problem. It's very sticky. It, it interferes with organic um, uh, animal, any organic animal that's, that's trying to you know, absorb oxygen. In other words, it smothers them. It smothers life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what it so does. That's number one. The particles are a problem, and then the clay had um, had uh, sequestered a lot of decomposing organic material, which robs the the water of oxygen. Uh, the clay now, and 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 then of course you have all the anthropogenic nitrates and phosphates, as well as the natural nitrates and phosphates from Klamath Lake that are stored in those um, and can in the algae down in the in the mud and can go back into solution. When it's, when it's stirred, but the real big smoking gun that just that just came out <clears throat> is uh, we found out that uh, the United States Geologic Service a survey was doing a um, excuse me was doing a uh, sampling of the sediment and water between 2018 and 2022. Okay, so they completed the sampling. It was very extensive. I sent you the spreadsheet. They went everywhere, including three sites below Iron Gate Dam. And um, so they went everywhere and did sediment samples and water samples, and and they had that completed in in 2022. I think it was September of 2022. But interestingly, they waited till a week after that KRC released all the sediment into the river to tell us about their results. All right. Now, why do you think that uh, the feds would have delayed the survey of how bad the sediments were underneath the dam? until after the dam gets, or a hole gets blown in the dam, letting all the sediment out? Well, I think what my, my belief is that the, their survey showed that sediments, toxic sediments have been coming down the river. I mean, obviously, the samples that were collected between 2018 and 2022 show 
chromium, arsenic, and lead in their samples that were done between 2018 and 2022 below mm-hmm. Iron Gate Dam. So what that means is they're coming down. That those, those hazardous heavy materials were coming down the river through those lakes. And what that means is those sediments were settling out. Those heavy metals were settling out. It's a scientific fact. They were settling out into those lake bottom sediments for 100, 106 years in Copco, <clears throat> 60 years in Iron Gate. So we know they were coming down because the USGS report shows that they were in the river below the dams before the sediment released, okay, which means they were being concentrated. That's a scientific fact. When these sediments are being carried by high-velocity water, river water, or streams, they stay in, they stay floating, you know, because they're they're they can't. Some of it can be in solution. It depends on the on the material. You know, lead can go into solution. Mm-hmm. Chromium doesn't. You know, anyway. So it does settle out, and when it settles out for that many years, a hundred years, hundred and six years in Copco, it what it does is it concentrates, just like gold miners, it concentrates. Um, things with a, you know the, these are essentially these are essentially this sludge and this uh, this goo at the bottom of the uh, lakes being flushed out is essentially like a tailing like a mine tailing of sorts. Well, the the tailings have been removed to the good stuff. That's why they're tailings. No, this is like what when, a concentrator. So mm-hmm. when you're gold panning, okay, if you get a gold pan, you throw some dirt in there and you shake it around. What happens is the as you're shaking it around, you're creating enough turbidity so that the heavy things fall to the bottom of the pan. Okay, that's what happens. So when, when water comes down a river, and this is why miners use settling pumps, is to settle out the heavy uh, materials in, in water suspension. And by the way, the reservoirs were like giant settling ponds, really. Exactly. That's exactly what they did. They, they settled it out, and we know this because the water coming in was more turbid, and then if you went into the lake, people's water skied and scuba dived and snorkeled. If you went in those lakes, the visibility was good. It was 10 to 20 feet. And so that means everything settled out. The water coming out of the bottom of Iron Gate was clean and clear and cold. So the bottom line is, is they, that settled out. Now, the reason they didn't want to release, and I believe this is the reason they didn't want that to come out, is because somebody would take their pencil and connect the dots and then color in the little coloring book to figure this out. Because it's not that complicated. It settled out. We know that it was in the river. They can't say it's not. And and then they dumped the sediment, and then they released the thing. That oh, by the way, there's there's heavy metals in this river coming down, and they were, uh, you know, concentrated in the lake. That's a fact. Now, after the sediments were released, you know, we have the before and after numbers too. When the when the Army Corps, um, I'm sorry, when USGS did the the uh, sampling, um, they, they found um, below Iron Gate uh, there was chromium sample. Um, in aqueous solution, the sample was 0.3916. Uh-huh. They had an argon sample, 0.01, uh, not argon, arsenic. And then they had a lead uh, sample that was um, 0.02. Now, this is the United States Geologic Survey. This isn't some independent local lab. Now, that was before the release. That was below Iron Gate. And it's on the spreadsheet that's in the article. Right. Um, anybody can go look at it. This isn't something we made up. This is them. And then after the release of the sediment, when um, that uh, couple down there on the river did the sampling, the aqueous sampling at the out of the river below um, Klamath uh, on Bridge, they have chromium now at 0.891, which is up from 0.391. That makes sense. It went up because guess what? You dump 
concentrated sediments on top of it. So their chromium was 0.891, their arsenic was 0.319, up from 0.01, and then their lead was 0.293, which is up from 0.02. Yeah, and those are like milligrams per liter. I think it's how they're uh, measured in most of this, okay? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They they use micrograms per milliliter, milligrams per liter, the same thing. Okay, micrograms, all right, but still... Yeah, this is, uh, in other words, it is worth more of an environmental catastrophe than you thought originally, okay? Now, the point is, though, the water is down or is gone from these uh, reservoirs at the moment. So what do you think should be done at this point? Because if you keep trying to flush the rest of this crap down the uh, down the river, they're never going to get any recovery out of anything. Right. Well... We just we just go back to the old maxim, you know. If you get lemons, let's make lemonade. Um, we we were looking at a very big cost to remove the sediment when there was water over the top of it. Now it's exposed, so we cannot allow this stuff to continue to erode. We know it's loaded with heavy metals now. That's 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 for sure. <clears throat> they they can try to spin it and get some you know the best science money can buy again. But the bottom line is, is we know there it's in there because the sediments are showing it now, um, and we know that the clay is going to continue. Clay plugs the the reds. It's, it's devastating. Clay sediments, the worst thing you can put down a river. That's there. You got the nitrates that are that are buried in that in mm-hmm. that sediment. Okay. And you so, got, so what do you say? Dig it out yeah. now. Do you want to dug out now? Yeah, do you think that's I, what we should do? I, well, I think that's the smart move if you're really about restoring the river. In the shortest period of time, okay, instead of waiting many decades, because it's going to take decades in this planting of spreading, you know, we're going to throw seed on the clay. No, you're not. It doesn't work. The seeds get blown off the clay. The the birds eat it. The sun cooks it. The ultraviolet ray zaps it. Um, it, it, It's just more of this baloney sandwich that they sprinkle with a tiny bit of truth. You know, the bottom line is is that clay's got to go. And and we can do it cheaply now, relatively speaking. They got to get in there with standard construction methods, you know, front loaders and drag buckets, whatever they got to do. Get it out of there and truck it to where it can be isolated because it is hazmat. And then have RES plant the native soil underneath. You know, they got to get below all that sediment to get down to the original ground, and and then keep all that from going down the river every time it rains. This is the this is the saving grace right now. If everybody gets on KRRC, you know, quick, let's drop the smoke and mirror. Everybody's got to get on KRRC. Look, we, we need to do this right now. You you did it all wrong so far. Let's change the paradigm. Let's start doing what's correct. Yeah, start digging that out. It would be cheaper than dredging it. Before, it was too expensive to dredge it, but now you'd have to dig it instead. But it's exposed, right? Right. No water. And, and then we get the best outcome for the river. I mean, uh, you know, if if the best outcome for the river is really what KRRC and the people pushing the dam removal really wanted. And I have my doubts, Captain Bill. Seriously. Yeah, well, it's it's obviously a moneymaker, cookie cutter business model. They got they've targeted, what, 30,000 dams they want to take out. So they don't want this to be known for what it really is, a failure. OK, it's, it's, a, it's an ecological disaster on the scale of the Exxon Valdez right now. Now, what do we do about it? We, what we ought to do is say, okay, hold it, folks. The rocket ship crashed on the, on the launching pad. Let's not do that again. Let's change it up a little bit here. We, we can do it better right now. Remove that sediment. It's exposed. We can see it. We can, we can get at it. 
and and we don't and you don't even need to let any of it get in the river. Okay, I think it sounds like a reasonable plan. If if any uh, smart heads will prevail, I don't know. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to direct people to your Siskiyou.news article, and it's very comprehensive. You've got the numbers, you got the charts. Dam deception saving the Klamath River because you're not going to save the dams at this moment. We pretty much uh, know that I think at this time. All right. Captain Bill, I appreciate you coming on. Captain William E. Simpson, as always, Wild Horse Fire Brigade this time. But it's Siskiyou.news, Damn Deception, and I'll put the information up on KMED.com. Okay, Bill? Thank you very much. All right. Well, hey, thank you. Have a good day, Bill. All right. Captain William E. Simpson, 857 at KMED KCMD. Let's jump on it. Diner 62 Real American Quiz. Let's get you winning big time here. And you know, Diner 62 is your lunch destination. Juicy third-pound burgers, avocado on the burgers there, your favorite breakfast favorites, and the omelets, the skillets, the senior and kids menus. And by the way, get the chicken sandwich. Crispy chicken sandwich added right back to the menu. It is money. It's delicious. 770-5633-770-KMED. And let's make this happen, get you on that. If you haven't won in the last 60 days, you can win it now. Hi, it's Jeff with Quality Tree Service, your local tree whisperer. If you waited till winter to consider pruning your trees, smart move. Because while they're sleeping is a perfect time for pruning, so they wake up in spring to grow in a healthy way. At Quality Tree Service, we take pride in low impact to your property, even in wet conditions. So call today for a quote with our lowest rates of the year and ask us about senior and military discounts. Find us at qualitytreeservicemedford.com. You don't need injections to lose weight. I promise. The FDA is even sending out warnings cautioning people to stop. Emergency room visits are spiraling upward. People are getting sick with some of them ending up in a hospital and getting surgery. Shots are not a good idea. What you need is a diet that works, and Plan Z is your natural alternative. The ZR50 Crave Control Spray is patented, all natural, and gives you everything you need to stick to a diet. No drugs, no hormones, and it's fast. Losing 31 pounds in just 50 days is pretty impressive. We give you tasty recipes to give you satisfaction from eating. The shots cut your appetite and even your interest in food. That's not healthy. What you need is real food, good food, and you need to learn how to keep the weight off once it's gone. Plan Z is all that, and it sure is a lot less expensive than injections. Check out PlanZDiet.com because you deserve a better diet. PlanZDiet.com Hi, it's John at Wellburns Weapons. The only thing better than shooting is shooting with a suppressor. Wellburns is Southern Oregon's suppressor headquarters, stocking models from Silencer Code, Dead Air, Griffin Armament, Rugged, Q, Thunderbeast, and many more. And we can order practically any suppressor on the market. Check in with us for monthly incentives to save on suppressors, too. Come see the suppressor experts. Wellburns Weapons on Crater Lake Highway, just south of White City. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is your one-stop accessory and protection shop, offering quality products like Light-X spray-on bed liners, undercoating, and truck, Jeep, and SUV accessories. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is now your premier source for overlanding, off-road, and outdoor lifestyle products. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by and get prepared for your next adventure. They're located at 4840 Airway Drive, just off Vilas Road in Central Point. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority. Your Department of Adventure. 
Hi, I'm Jolene from Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 9 o'clock at KMED and KMED HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD, Grants Pass. And we have Bob here on the Diner 62 Quiz. Hey, Bob, how you doing? I'm doing real good. Hey, it was today. feeling like a winner. Okay, you feeling like a winner? You know something? You're yeah. going to be the winner. You know why? Because I'm running out of time. You're going to have to be the winner. All right? Okay. I just want to let you know. But I want to tell you about this great history. It's today in 1942, Edward O'Hare becomes the first American World War II flying ace. It was mid-February 1942. The aircraft carrier Lexington sailed into the Coral Sea and had been invaded by the Japanese. Japanese now in prime striking distance. Lieutenant Edward O'Hare attached to Fighting Squadron 3 when the U.S. entered the war. O'Hare, during the mission, reached the level of flying ace. How many aircraft did he end up having to shoot down back at that time to get the title of being an ace? Was it three, five, seven, nine, or 11? He was the first one. What do you say? And I would suggest you say B. I'd say five, the same as you need today. Oh, you knew this, right? I did. Yes. That's it. And uh, as the Lexington left uh, the largest of the Solomon Islands and ship radar picked up the Japanese bombers and O'Hare and his team went into action and they ended up uh, well killing a bunch of Japanese. And O'Hare ended up getting the designation ace. Five or more. Hang on, my friends. We're going to take care of business with you, okay? Okay. Yep, we'll have another Diner 62 quiz uh, coming up here real soon. This is the Bill Meyer Show. By the way... By the way, I'm uh, a little short on time, though, but I did want to make sure and get you into the Sportsman Show. The Sportsman Show this weekend at the Expo, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got tickets for you, and if you, well, we're going to give this to caller 5, 6, and 7 this morning. And we're going to get you set up uh, set up there. Should be a lot of fun this uh, this morning, okay? Jump on that, 770-5633, and we'll get you to the Sportsman and Outdoor Show this weekend.